There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello everyone, welcome back to the SC Report podcast for another week. Up to round 10 this week uh, and the mid-season by origin period is fast approaching. Got myself Nick here and as a special treat we have Joe Fitz on the other end of the line. Buddy, nice to talk to you again, how are you? Yeah, really well, mate. Great to be uh, back on the pod. When in, uh, when in locked me into uh, doing the teams analysis this year, but I popped up on the pod. So looking forward to it. Yeah, beautiful. And it's no coincidence that this week is the week where when in has dropped right off the pace, and you have surged to the front out of our little group of super of super coaches, isn't it? You're what are you up to about fifteen hundred, sixteen hundredth now overall? Yeah, round about that, mate. So <clears throat> halved my uh, positions with a good 1181. Uh, I seem to be good week, bad week, and I finally picked a captain uh, that went over 55, I think, this week with Fafita. So, yeah, the arrow is uh, very, very green for me, mate. So I like to think it's my rightful spot, but, um, you know, I'm sure everyone else disagrees. <laughs> good work, mate. I had about a 1090, I think it was, Uh and my position only changed by about 30 spots. So I'm still just outside the top 2,000, but uh, looking good for round 13, um, which is good. And got a couple of, well, I've got a few ideas on trades this week. It's a little bit tricky, though. I've got a, probably three or four guys who I'm looking at, uh, but we'll get to that as we go. Um, we'll do the usual injury update, team news, buy, sell, hold, etc., etc. Um, plenty to talk about as always. So let's. Go straight into the injury update, and there was a few this week. We've got SJ uh, injuring that ankle. He's out for one to two. Arrow with the rib injury. He's out for anywhere from one to three. Payne Haas, you know, we thought he was going to be out for up to four weeks, but he's been named and actually looks very likely to play this week. Junior Paulo from Canberra is out for about eight to ten weeks. Merrin uh, injured his finger in the warm-up. Uh, again, looked unlikely, but looks like, well, he's been named, might play this week. And then old mate Sorensen broke his hand. He's out for three to four weeks. Now, Wenin in particular was quite up and about when Wade Graham got injured, thinking, you know, it was all it was Sorensen's time to shine and Wenin had pulled off a master stroke for trading him in and then about 10 minutes later, broken hand, gone. What a shame. Mate, it's been that kind of season. I, uh, you know, oh, people who know uh, or read the team's analysis know that I uh, was on a plane to Belfast a couple of weeks ago when Capewell uh, got demoted to the bench and already traded him in, thinking that he was solid. Um, and then last week decided to bring Sorensen in on top of that, mate. So I've, I've got the both of the bloody uh, Sharks back rowers. And, yeah, I mean, Sorensen, you know, 
you can't predict injuries like that. The the best you can do is is not bring them in before their third game. And people who bought Payne Haas in the week early must have been cursing. But what I don't get this year is that isn't this the the year for it where Jai Arrow a couple of times is supposed to be out for you know multiple weeks and gets named and Isaac Luke dislocates shoulders, does knee injuries and gets named the next week and plays. Um, somehow Payne Haas through concussion and this ankle injury goes from four weeks to to trotting out again. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Been so many so many. Injuries where, you know, it looked, the initial reports were long-term, but then, yeah, then they actually just ended up either being named or actually playing the week after. So, Painhouse, all reports are that he will definitely play this week. Uh, I'll be interested to see if Merrin and Isaac Luke, I'll be interested to see if the two of them play this week, because like we said, they were both reported as being out for anywhere from two to four weeks, but... Looks like they've made miracles. Merrin's finger nearly fell off. Yeah, Merrin's that finger X, nearly fell off. Well, that X-ray was pretty yeah, uh, Made my bum tingle. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, putting it in the cast is, yeah, I, I don't know. He's a tough bloke and maybe he's, uh, it's a desperate attempt to sneak into the origin side, um, you know, for round one, uh, for, for origin one. But, yeah, if I was him, I wouldn't be playing I, don't want to go the way of Angus Crichton and, and have to chop the bloody thing off. Yeah, yeah, true. Very true. All right, shall we jump into the teams? Uh, I'll just rattle them off very quickly because most people would have either read your team analysis or seen the, seen the team somewhere. So I'll just rattle through and then you come over the top with your thoughts. Um, Tigers-Cowboys, we've got Fenua uh, playing his third game. For the Tigers, uh, nothing else relevant there, and Cowboys are unchanged. Knights and the Panthers, pretty irrelevant changes for the Knights. Tyrone Phillips plays second game for the Panthers, and Merrin named, as we just said. Bulldogs and Eels, Reese Martin is named at lock for his second game. Irrelevant changes for the Eels. For the Warriors, SJ's out again, so Mason Leno starts. Uh, Roosters are unchanged. Storm, Scott is back into centre and Olam drops out. For the Titans, obviously, Jai Arrow's out. They've changed their centres. Cardi's benched and AJ Brimson, uh, rookie named in the halves. Manley's unchanged. And for the Broncos, like we said, Payne Haas is named on the bench. Uh, Jack Bird's actually going to go back to centre there. Rabbits and Dragons. Burgess is back, which is good to see. Yeah, I was just going to uh, mention in there, mate, because I think you rattled off about you know four uh, blokes making their uh, their debuts. I guess even though Payne Haas is likely to play um, this week, just just give these uh, debutants an extra week. You know, particularly the like of AJ Brimson. I had someone in the uh, team's analysis read try and claim that uh, AJ Brimson was a was a bolted on one Pallavi. You know, locking him <laughs> in as a, as a as an absolute gold champion, mate. This guy came has come out of nowhere and uh, he hasn't even played the first uh, first grade yet and and people are talking about bringing him in uh, for Cartwright so just you know just given that there are a heap of debutants this week just a reminder to pump the brakes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so rabbits and dragons. Burgess is back. Murray's on the bench for the dragons. Old Zach Lomax is debuting from the seventeen jersey. <laughs> Raiders, irrelevant changes. And then for the Sharks, Paul Gallen returns. 
Kurt Capewell holds his spot there. Sorensen is out. All right, you're the team's analysis man. What are the most important pieces of news from those changes for the week? Fanua is is probably the only must this week, um, you know, just given how impressive he's been and, and the fact that, uh, you know, he's got the big break even, plays his third game. Uh, and, and even though the Cowboys, you know, sort of came back to form, uh, I still think at Leichhardt uh, on a Thursday night, I'd probably favour the Tigers to do pretty well. So, um, you know, Fanua, given that he plays 13, is, is, is pretty much a lock and load. Um, they're really isn't a lot that really stands out. So, you know, in teams, I, I was looking at a lot of pod uh, options, but, you know, some people bringing in uh, Connor Watson for a second bite at the cherry now that now that Pierce is out. And uh, he's got a minus 18 break even, but it's important to note that the, the five he got uh, where he injured himself earlier in the year comes out of his rolling average uh, this week. So the minus 18 looks really enticing, but, you know, once that five's out of the rolling average, his break-even is going to spike. So if it's a money grab, um, it's I don't think it's worth to trade in and trade out, you know, by any means. Um, yeah, not not a lot there. It's it's really just about uh, some pods and whether you you know you want to load up on your Tamalolos, Fafitas, Burgesses, etc. etc. Et uh, with a view to round thirteen, mate. Anything kind of jump out at you? No, I think uh, I'd like to hear what you think about this Reese Martin uh, from the Dogs. I know they don't play round 13, but are we? do we all need to basically set aside a trade for him for next week? Yeah, I think so. There's still a bit of conjecture as to whether he will start uh, in the middle. Um, I think long-term, the future for Josh Jackson will be in the middle, and he's, he's even played there in origin, obviously. Um, yeah, I was at Suncorp. Uh, you know, last week to watch the Bulldogs play pretty well and, and get absolutely uh, robbed by uh, by the refs. Yeah. But Reese Martin was pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I tend to think, you know, just given that his base was pretty high, he, he's a good worker. Um, he can goal kick, but Moses Mbai uh, had the kicking boots on this week. But given is a pretty mediocre goal kicker, that's something that uh, Martin could grow into uh, once he establishes himself. And, um, you know... The fact of the matter is is that Bulldogs wide uh, players outside of Fatala Mariner haven't been doing the job. So I think the job security is there for him. Um, and, you know, given that he's 164K, um, yeah, I definitely think you should be just penciling him in as, as a trade-in next week. And that'll give you a bit of extra money to bring some of those big boppers in that play 13 that I mentioned before. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, losers like myself who have still got Luciano Lewis sitting in their second row... <laughs> Really? Yeah. Crap. He could be a, um, you know, he could, uh, what's his name? Martin could actually be a good swap for Luciano to actually make some money in that position. You know, and I know that I laughed at that, but, you know, when you think about it, um, you know, I, instead of Leilua, I thought, oh, no, definitely go Kalebi Tanganoa. Um, I think he made about 25 grand before I traded him out for, you know, um, Oh, what was the next? Gashevsky, uh, ah. uh, who made about 30k, and I've had to trade him out after being injured. And I traded him to Sorensen, <laughs> uh, who's, who's then gone and gotten injured. And I guess, depending on how severe Sorensen's injury is, uh, Reese Martin might be the guy to bring in. So I shouldn't be laughing because you probably saved yourself three bloody trades <laughs> by uh, having Lane Lewis stinking up your bench. That's pretty funny. How many trades? 
have you got left at the moment? And how many players are you sitting on for round 13? Do you know well, off the top of your head or can you pull it up quickly? Yes, well, this is something that I was really surprised in our chat, uh, you know, that we've got earlier today. You were saying you've already got 15 for round 13, which absolutely blows my mind. I, I, I'm not sure if you're counting Origin players, but I think at the moment I've got 11, um, and that counts uh, bringing Fenur in this week. I have saved, uh, I'll have saved two trades, which isn't much, but, you know, given that I had my uh, faux pas with Sione Katoa and having to bring Kakao in. I, I, I'd like to think I've really saved three, uh, even though I haven't. But, um, yeah, I, I, at the moment, outside of kind of bolted on cheapies, like hopefully Reese Martin will be, I've, I've got a bit of a must-play round 13 policy going at the moment because yeah. don't necessarily think you need 17, but I definitely I think you need 15 to stay competitive. Yeah, definitely. Look, I'll be I'll be relying on a bit of selection luck with Damian Cook and Ponga, for example, not getting selected. Um, but if I if I presume the two Trebojeviches are definitely getting selected, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. I'm sitting on thirteen pre trades. So if I if I bring in Fenua and one other this week, that'll that'll bump me up to fifteen. For round 13, uh, and that'll leave me with 23 trades left. Yeah, I, I think you're in a pretty good uh, position there. And, you know, uh, again, you know, people looking at uh, Yamati Tapao's, even, uh, you know, Sam Burgess, now that he's back from his, his you know, second suspension um, with a view to round 13, I'd, they're, they're not necessarily must-buys this week because if you think about it, let's have a look at Gallon over the next couple of weeks. He plays round 13. you got Nathan Brown probably comes back. So we kind of spoilt for choice for, you know, um, gun second rowers who play round 13. So um, I don't think you necessarily need to start bringing those guys in uh, with, with fear for missing out. Yeah, yep, agreed. Okay, well, look, let's let's jump through to the main part of the pod, um, which is our buy, sell, hold that we do each week. So we're going to talk about the, you know, give our opinion on some of the more popular uh, buys and sells for the week, as we usually do. And then we're going to talk about a few pods, because there are a couple of sneaky little pods that play around 13 that have fallen in price um, that might be worth a little bit of a look at. But Talking about some of the more popular guys, let's go with the trade-ins uh, for now. So Mahe Fanua, um, look, I'm probably 80% convinced that he's a must-have. Uh, priced at around about a 30 average, looks to have pretty good job security, uh, can come into the centre wing of, you know, for the likes of Katoa or Zach Lomax, you know, if you're still carrying those sort of guys like I am. So, um it, initially, I probably wasn't going to get him, uh, but the more I think about it, I think I'm just going to do low, low max to uh, Fenua just to lock lock up another player for round 13 and hopefully make some cash. And then come round 14, you know, he can become uh, one of the dragon centers or um, croaker or someone like that, maybe. Yeah, and just given that Lomax is named on that bench in the Kurt Mann role, um, he's an absolute auto-emergency nightmare. So, um, you know, if you are the kind of person that looks to, you know, utilise the VC loop, um, you know, you need to move Lomax on because that essentially will make your, your VC loop uh, non-viable at all. So, yeah, that he'd be a priority trade-out even though he's the, at, the, at the base price. 
Yep. Okay, so Fanua, so we're going to lock in Fanua with one of our trades. There's a bunch of, of guys here who are really popular this week. Uh, let's leave Reese Martin because I think we're both of the opinion to, to wait till next week on him. You've got Tapao, Taumalolo, Fafida, uh, Burgess, all who play round 13. People are buying Widop. Uh, people are buying Connor Watson, who I considered, who you've already mentioned. Tyrone Phillips, he's a wait and see for me as well, given he only plays his second game this week. And then Brimson, who you mentioned earlier, playing his first game is the 10th most popular trade-in for the week. The The most interesting one, in my opinion, is Tapao. Had a couple of really good games, obviously, last couple of weeks, but his minutes are just so all over the shop, like... Before these last couple of weeks, he's get playing like 40, 45, 50. And all of a sudden, he's come out with two huge games off the back of, you know, 62 and 56 minutes. So last five weeks, he's gone 42, 51, 45, and then 62, 56. Obviously, you know, great fortnight of footy, but it's just so up and down I mean, front row is pretty lean this year, so I understand why people are bringing him in. But for me, I've I've too frustrating uh, from previous ownership, and I'm gonna let him pass this year. Yeah, I'm not sure in all my years of playing that I've ever owned him. Um, you know, he's a streaky guy, and and as you see, you know, with the likes of Fafita, that if you get on these kind of guys at the right time, you can ride, you know, pretty massive scores and also the price rises. But I guess the problem for mine is that this year, Tapao is averaging 10 more points at uh, Brookie than he is away. Um, his next three games, are, you know, at Suncorp, uh, down in Melbourne against the Storm and then in Canberra. Uh, and just like you said, mate, the minutes are just all over the shop. Um, you know, from as low as 36 up to 62 and, and then, you know, can vary 10 to 15 uh, minutes, you know, from game to game. So, yeah, a little bit infuriating. But that being said, you know, 73 points in base a couple of weeks ago, 68 points in base uh, last week. I can absolutely understand the allure. But, um, yeah, not, he, he's just he's not for me. He's a bit frustrating. Yeah, I mean, the three weeks before that, he had 37 in base and then 43 and then 37. So I don't know what's gotten into him over the last couple of weeks, but he's gone huge. Mate, what do you think is going to happen in that round 13 game at Brookvale versus North Queensland, presuming both the Trebojeviches are playing are out for New South Wales? Do you think Manly's going to get toweled up in that one? Yeah, I, I absolutely do. Um, you know, Who's really missing? Um, you know, I guess Morgan's yeah, come back a little bit into form. Morgan, so maybe Hess. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, Hess probably. Um, who knows with Matt Scott? Um, because he up until last week he's been awful this year. But you know, the bulk of the side there is there, and they've got quality depth. So um, yeah, particularly if DCE you know manages to sneak a Maroon jersey. Um, yeah. I, Manly just could be running out half a reserve grade side. So that's exactly. Yeah, so I, I think the cows are going to towel yeah. them up, and that's you know people are buying Manly players because they play round thirteen. But I think they could lose by forty points and spend a lot of the game standing under their own goalposts. Absolutely, mate. So yeah, this is the thing you got to factor in as well is that it's one thing to get your non-origin players uh, for the buys, but but what 
kind of team are they going to be in, um, you know, when they trot out in round 13? Um, you know, hopefully to power just, you know, you get those base scores, but there's no guarantee, like you say. So, yeah, I would still like to, to see if to is going to keep it up and, and whether Trent Barrett indicates one way or the other that... that he might finally get a bit of consistency from a minutes perspective. So, like I said, mostly in the second row, uh, you likes of Brown, Gallon, um, Burgess, uh, you know, a heap of guys do play round 13 that are otherwise guns. So, you know, it's not like you're spoiled for choice. Uh, oh, sorry, you are spoiled for choice for round 13, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, Tal Malolo and Fafita, they're no-brainers. Uh, Burgess, I've got no problem if you want to buy him. Uh, the other interesting one for mine is Connor Watson, 350k. You did, like you mentioned earlier, that low score is going to drop out, so his break even next week is going to jump up. Been pretty solid uh, playing for the Knights in the four games he has had this season. What What do you think? Maybe a bit too highly priced to be bringing in at this stage. Yeah, awkward price, 349k. I, I started with him in round one and he, he had a little bit of uh, little bit of the Cody Walkers going on where, you know, he'd be sitting on a pathetic score and then sometime in the last seven or eight minutes he'll jag an attacking stat or a try to, to get him up to some level of respectability. But, <clears throat> um, look, I just don't think the, the Knights are the same side uh, with, without Pierce dragging him around. I know Ponga's, um, you know, still doing well, but I tend to think that's a function of Kalen Ponga more than how the side's travelling. Um, you know, Connor Watson, 68 last week. I'm just not sure that that's sustainable for him. Um, once that five rolls out of his average, I think um, I'm just trying to see what uh, his B might be predicted, uh, predicted for here, that it'll go... If he scores 47... Um, which I guess he could do. It's up to about 20 next week, and then it's he's starting to get into the 40s and 60s, and, mm. and he starts being predicted to start losing money again. So I wouldn't bring him in as, as a cash grab. Um, it's a bit either or, you know. You're bringing him in for the points for round 13 or cash. If you bring him in for the cash, by the time round 13 comes along, he's lost all the, all the money he's going to make, and then you, you're really down to someone who could give you 30 points uh, in round 13. Yeah, yep, no, I agree. I think he's a, he's a leave this week. Let him go through to the keeper. Uh, let's look at some of the trade-outs, some of the popular ones. Look, a lot of them make sense. Uh, we'll come back to Arrow because I think he's probably the most controversial. Kenner, Croker, Isako, CO, they all make sense. Riley Jacks, I'll be holding him uh, playing against the Titans this week. I'll potentially be playing him in the hope that he can, you know, maybe jag a try or a couple of attacking stats and get himself to 60 or 65. Hiku, Cartwright, Racho, they all speak for themselves, I think. Dry Arrow, though, I, we don't really have a lot of news on exactly how long he is going to be out for, and I'm I'm pretty tempted to sell him this week, to be honest. I got on quite early when he was about 400k, I think, so I've probably made just under 200, and I'm quite keen... To sell him, given that he could miss, you know, three of the next four weeks and, and maybe sort of five of the next eight weeks or something like that. So I'm probably 70% going to sell him, I think. Yeah, I certainly, that was my first indication, just given how much money uh, he's made there. But obviously he's proven that he's absolute, uh, you know, premium keeper level scores this year and 
I mean, he is bolted on uh, for an Origin 1 jersey given Maguire's injury um, if he can prove that he's fit for Origin 1. So I would be hugely surprised um, if he gets rested, you know, much more than a week or maximum two because he's going to want to get on the field and prove, um, you know, to to Kevy that he can have that 13 jersey and it's probably... Queensland's best choice, you know, in the middle there as well. So, um, you know, we'll get an indication hopefully next week if you hold. But, um, you know, at worst, uh, Maguire comes back for Origin 2, Origin 3, and then you've got an absolute gun that you've held that'll play around 17 big minutes. So I don't mind either way. I completely understand people wanting to use that uh, just about 600k cash. Um, but I understand why you'd want to hold, and I'm certainly leaning towards a hold at the moment. Okay. All right. I think it is a bit of a tricky one. Um, okay, before we go and talk about a few players, you know, who who aren't your Mahe Fanuas or your Reese Martins or your Jai Arrows of the world, uh, we'll talk about a few pods. Might just take a quick word from our sponsors, and we'll come straight back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, mate. Well, we've covered, you know, some of the more popular options this week. Are there, are there any more sort of generic popular type guys who you wanted to talk about before we went on to the pods? No, mate, all about the pods. I think, um, you know, this is the time of year where we've talked around by coverage plenty. Um, you know, we all know who the usual suspects are. So, yeah, um, this is where teams can really, you know, roll the dice and, and go with a pod and, and change the complexion of the season. So let's get to it. Let's do it, mate. First guy on my list is Gavin Cooper. So his ownership is very low. He is only owned by 2.6% of teams, and that's because he's only averaging 48. But last two weeks, he's gone 69-86 with the Cowboys uh, improving their form a little bit. Uh, Only priced at 413k, which is basically where he started the season. Break-even's negative 16 like I said earlier, up against a depleted Manly side in round 13. Could be in for a big night there in that buy round, uh, you know, which could turn this, turn your season if you can jag another 40 or 50 points from a bit of a pod in that round. Uh, so I'm really interested in potentially bringing him into my side this week in the second row. Only problem with that, mate, is I actually think he plays Origin, uh, particularly with Matt Gillett oh, uh, Jesus. being injured. I didn't, I, even, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I mean, it's an incumbent. Fact-checking. Uh, I don't do that. Yeah. 
quality fact check from Kirk up. Um, and Meninga said, uh, sorry, not Meninga, Kevin Walters, I think, was on record a few weeks ago saying he can't see a reason why, you know, Cooper wouldn't be selected right. for All Origin. Right. Well, so, scrap him. What? Who's next? Yep. <laughs> Let's rewind that tape, mate, about a minute. Give us that time back. Um, who have we got next? Um, uh, Takiaho, I mentioned in the team's analysis. Um, look, if he had uh, the week he's just had, um, if, if he had that in round one, people would be jumping all over him to bring him in. But because he absolutely stunk it up at the start of the year, um, you know, people aren't talking about it. You know, he had just about 23% ownership, so massive ownership in round one. Uh, you know, played pretty poorly, but, you know, scored 65, um, you know, almost all in base from 54 minutes. Um, you know, if he started the year scoring 65 and 54 minutes, people would be absolutely delighted. So he's down at 3.3% ownership. He's obviously going to play around 13. Um, I think he's a great pot option. Obviously unlikely to, to get the goal kicking, which is part of the attractiveness. But, um, you know, if he's playing 54 minutes, mate, you know, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think so too. Break-even's 28 as well. So, you know, say he scores, a, I don't know, maybe he scores 50 or 55 this week, he's only going to go up by about 20k. So he's actually one who you can probably wait a week and see how he goes this week before you have to jump on. Yeah, agreed, mate. The, the next one I know, uh, you know, Parramatta fairly close to your heart, but but Gutho I think's done bugger all. Um, what have you got him down here for? No, he's definitely not one for this week, but he's just one to watch. He's 140k down on his starting price. Break even's 111. Averaging 31, so look, he's he's having a shocker. He's priced at 450, and his his implied value from his average is probably more like 260, 270. So he's I just I'm adding him to my watch list to keep an eye on him over the next couple of weeks and see if he can show anything. But you know, if at the start of the season, if you said you could get Gutherson for 350k come the first buy round, every man his dog would be on him. Yeah, you're probably not wrong, mate. Um, and again, we're talking kind of pods and, and people that you're going to have to roll the dice on and, and uh, you know, you don't need, you know, to go to too many people. Obviously, we deal with, uh, you know, talk a bit with VK and Wilfred and, and Banyo Boy Sam, uh, you know, and it's been pod choices around about this time of the season that really kind of gets them kicking in gear um, and and they kind of get into a good position and they stay there. So with the right pod choice that no one else has got on their radar, um, you know, you can really move up the ranks. So Gutherson's definitely for the watch list, obviously, with that break even. Um, Parramatta, mate, given that they're playing round 13, you've got a couple of the blokes here. Manu Mahu had a good week a couple of weeks ago, but less than 2% owned. What's the, what's the logic there? Yeah, he's actually having a really good season, averaging just over 60. Uh, lowest score, 38. Highest score, 97. So doing some good things. He's he's up in price 126k from the start of the year, so it's you really be paying top dollar to bring him in right now, and you might be a little bit crazy to do that. But he's only owned by 1.7 percent of teams, and for someone averaging 60 plus who plays the first buy, I just thought that's that's very low ownership. 
It's not a terrible option at all. He's got he's got the 97 two weeks ago that, that will come out of his rolling average, so you'd anticipate that you might be able to pick him up kind of for the low to mid fives um, if he's around 13 uh, grab. But again, once he starts getting down to that price, um, you know, you might start picking up a bit in popularity. But traditionally around about a 55 average bloke, so he's punching a bit above his weight. Um, but again, yeah, not a bad pot. Yeah, not bad. And I think the the next guy here from Manly, Sean Lane, look, he could be potentially Manu Ma'u, but, you know, for 200k cheaper, maybe with only averaging five points per game less or something like that. He's only 370k, uh, promoted into the starting team with all the injuries that Manly have had. He's only averaging 40 for the year, but he's coming off a couple of decent scores, um... We know what he can do, you know, back in the dogs, back in the day, just attacking stats galore. He could be one who could get hot, but again, maybe tempered by that game against the Cowboys in round 13 where Manly could, you know, could cop a bit of a hiding. But definitely one to to look at, owned by less than a thousand teams with a break even of minus one. He is really interesting. Um, I guess the good news is is that I mean people just mysteriously keep getting uh, badly injured in front of him. You know, to the point where you just about want to ask his family where they were on the afternoon that Curtis Sirenin went down, when <laughs> Koshevsky went down, when uh, bloody Tanganoa went down. Like I mean, he's everyone in front of him in the pecking order is just falling like bloody dominoes. So um, it's opened up for him. Uh, you know, I think two, maybe three years ago at the Dogs, uh, he came on and was a, a magnificent cash cow in the second half of the year and really showed his attacking abilities. He kind of had some attitude issues at the Warriors and, and has bounced around. And, um, you know, hopefully if he, if he locks in this spot, the potential's definitely there for him. He will go up. He will play 80 in round 13, you'd have to imagine, um, at 369, awkwardly priced, but, um, yeah, definitely a pod, mate, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think worth a bit of a look at, hey, the price is a bit awkward, like you say, but, he look, he could he could maybe touch 500k post round 13, and then you look to move him on to one of those, um, one of the guys who play 17, uh, but had the buy in 13, someone from one of those teams. Next guy on the list who... I'm probably sort of 50% going to bring in this week is Fitzgibbon from the Knights. Uh, having a great season, averaging 62. He's only owned by 2.5% of teams, which is very surprising. Uh, he's pretty pretty consistent in value, around 560k. Break-even is 67, so he's not going anywhere really this year. But he, he can score attacking stats, um, good player, runs good lines, and he would be the one who I would potentially bring in for Arrow this week, I think. Well, I mean, he's top 15 in scoring, 14th overall. He's a top five second row. And I know, uh, you know, second row stacked this year, but, I mean, we're 10 rounds in. This isn't a fluke anymore at this point, um, you know, and the fact that he keeps getting fed by, you know, the likes of Ponga, you know, you don't think that's going to stop. So, yeah, I think he's a massive pod. His, his break-even, I think, is, uh, what did you say, it was 67, which obviously you could probably wait a week, you know, if you really want to. But at the same time, you know, 
why would you not want to move on him? He's at least going to hold his value by the way he's playing. And, um, you know, while everyone is bringing the likes of, uh, you know, the Burgesses and the Tapows in, uh, you can go Fitzgibbon. He's scoring as much or more than those guys. And, yeah, Bob's your uncle. Yeah, I think he's an alternate to Tapow. Exactly. I mean, what's Tapow's price is 568. Fitzgibbon's 565, so they're basically the same player, but I'm going to go Fitzgibbon as a bit of a different play uh, instead of Tapao. We'll see how it turns out. A couple of others here on the list. Keary, I just thought I'd mention him. Um, Obviously plays 13, started off the year very well. He's actually down to 399k. He's down 120 on his start price. Break-even's 47, so again, he's... You don't need to do anything on him this week, but just keep an eye on him over the next couple of weeks and see if you uh, see if he's worth a look in round thirteen up against the Knights. Could could get a score then? Yeah, um, you know I've never been a big Kerry fan, um, but you know he's clearly shown that he can you know spike scores, uh, you know two or three weeks running, and you know easy enough to to earn you one hundred and fifty k you know, plus banking those points as well. So it's the round 13 uh, availability that makes him so attractive, which also applies to pretty much the last guy you've got on the list here, mate, Cody Walker, who at the moment, um, I'm, I've, I've, just as a draft, I've pulled the trigger on um, on Cody Walker in and Cardi out. Not definite that I'll stick with it, but, um, you know, I think it's past time that, that you know, we recognise that Cody junk points or not, and it really is one of the best 5-8 option, options going around. Yeah, been very consistent this year, hasn't he? I see here, scored 20 on the dogs in round four, but everything else is between 59 and 80, so very consistently putting it together. 570k, pretty fairly priced, owned by less than 10% of teams. Um, upcoming draw, St. George, Cowboys, Warriors, Sharks. Any concerns there? Only with the Dragons, mate. Um, you know, Cowboys, yeah, Sharks have been terrible so far this year. Um, you know, I, I think... Cowboys away, if, Warriors if away. Yeah, I, I don't think it's, it's uh, you know, it's brutal. It's not like he's playing, you know, Melbourne away uh, or, or anything like that. It's not, it's not ideal. It's not like he's playing the Titans, but... You know, he has scored well, um, you know, against some tough teams as well. So, you know, he put 80 on the Warriors um, earlier this year um, and he put 80 on St George earlier as well and that was at uh, Jubilee Oval. So, um, you know, I, I actually think just with the consistency, you know, it's a bit of a joke that he's worse, by far his worst score of the year is against the Bulldogs, one of the worst teams running around. But... Um, I think he's he's a, he's a bit match-up proof, um, and he's shown to be that way so far. Yeah, well, maybe there's something there with 5'8s playing the Dogs, because Keary only scored like 12 against them a few weeks ago or something like that. So Dogs just shutting down the halves, but maybe they just can't score enough points to win these games, or they don't have, they can't pay these refs off enough, maybe. No, oh, don't get me started. You don't <laughs> want one of my old-school rants, because uh, I've got one in the chamber. No, we don't. It's not on the run sheet. Um, look, last guy I just wanted to mention is Ben Hampton. He's, I've heard him get a shout-outs on a couple of other podcasts, and I was like, Ben Hampton, what's he done? But 
like like people have been saying, the cheaper that got away, he's up two seventy three k from his starting price. He's four seventy two k, averaging forty eight, which is not, you know, not excellent. But considering he started the season twenty one fourteen twenty six, and then he's just gone bang 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 bang, sort of the last five or six weeks, and he's he's increased. 300k basically in one two three four in six weeks which is that's at car level stuff yeah i know we were talking about uh, everyone at manly falling over in front of sean lane to give him the opportunity but ben hampton really does have a bit of the stephen bradbury you know feel about <laughs> him, uh whether it's Jarvid bowen or uh Lynette getting injured um and, and he's just kind of been there he's I, I don't think he's been impressive you know on the field in any way, but he's managed to, you know, just sneak a few attacking stats here and there and just kind of just be there. Um, so by default, he's earned all that money because he was, uh, you know, dirt cheap after having that bench roll. Um, yeah, he's a little bit of the, the bloke that got away, but, gee, it's, it, I don't think it's because he's necessarily playing well. If the, if the Cowboys had any half-decent centre, uh, you know, that was fit, he'd be out of the side uh, quick smart. Yeah, four tries in the last five games obviously has been, you know, been the catalyst to get him up to that value. But, you know, well done to anyone who got him. And, mate, well done to your wife, Mel, who jumped on Addo Carr when he, when, he was, when he bottomed out. You must be pretty dirty about that. This is the first year that she's gone well out of her way to just not engage me on trades at all. Like, you know, even last year when she won the Young Legends League, she, you know, before she pulls the trigger, she's like, oh, what do you think of these ones? Just to, you know, sound out whether, you know, she's making some big mistake or not. So I didn't realise that she'd bought Adokar in until when and started uh, talking smack uh, in chat about it. But, yeah, um, good luck to those that got on him. He's... he's, he's you know, running hot, but, you know, just know that the, that the 20s and 30s are around the corner. So as soon as that break even starts to skyrocket, which I think it does from next week uh, onwards, uh, then I would look to be getting off because doesn't play 13 and, um, yeah, has proven um, that is as likely to score 20 as he is, you know, 110. Yeah, yeah, probably got two, you know, two price rises left, but... I mean, nine tries in the last four weeks. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, and not sustainable. Bunavali was out, uh, I think, for a couple of those. But, um, you know, it, both of them on any given day can score 100 or, or do bugger all because, you know, it's it's not from their base stats that they're, that they're getting their points. No, and even like even against St. George, you know, Melbourne got smashed and Adokar, I think he had like six line breaks or something. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, that is that is pretty remarkable, actually, and and obviously had that ridiculous uh, disallowed try. So um, you know he could have been pushing the record, but I think if you uh, were smart slash lucky enough to get on him, you need to be smart enough to get off him at the right time and and just make that bank. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so I think that was good. You know, it was a bit of a change to talk about a few pods instead of talking about the same guys over and over. Um, hopefully it gave, you, you know, you guys out there a little bit of a, an idea about a couple of different guys to look at. You know, you don't have to get to Pow and, and Fanua and Taumalolo and all these guys. They're obviously good players and good options, but there are there are other options out there as well. So just have a look at 
Some of those other guys are trades this week. For me, I'm pretty, I'm sort of 75% locked in on Arrow to Fitzgibbon uh, and Lomax to Fanua, I think. What about you? Got uh, Fatal and Mariner out. Um, Capewell or Madison up to second row and Mahe Fanua in. And there's that kind of 50-50, depends on how I feel at the last minute on whether I dump Cardi for Cody Walker. Um, I've got a pretty good 17 without it, so I may hold off a week. Um, but, yeah, one or two trades for me. Good stuff, mate. Good stuff. Well, look, we might wrap it up there. Thank you very much for coming on the pod again. Uh, good to talk to you for the first time in a little while. And we'll um, we'll keep checking in as hopefully you and I and Mel and Wilfred uh, push up in towards the top 1,000. Well, you know, form is temporary, class is permanent, mate. We'll, uh, <laughs> you know, is the cream will rise to the top. All right, mate. Speak to you soon. See ya. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.